opulent inventory our proud partners here on the show from iphones to macbooks to apple tv to apple watches to trade-ins and much more now you can have the apple product of your dreams visit opulent inventory on opulentinventory.com and on instagram my guy nash and guardy are the very best in the game to provide you the apple product of your dreams now let's get back to the show On the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, we have been on a new level. We have, have been on a new level. I, I don't even think it's been a new level, Mike. This might have been a new universe. Everything that's going on in basketball and in the sports world in general, we know that March is made for basketball. Myself and Michael Gray back at it on air here again inside the studio Z in Orlando Studios. Mike up there. He claims that we the North. He is in the tri-state areas. How you doing, my man? Doing very well, doing very well, brother. Like you said, there's been a lot of, a lot of good energy going on, sports wise, especially basketball, college, collegiate level, NBA level. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very high frequency going on right now, and um, not just in sports, but in, you know, life as well with nature going on, with the, the, the springtime that we're in. So, you know, this, this time, this time of year always brings good energy. So, this is just living in the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I got a chance to be in around nature yesterday. That was, that was pretty dope. Uh, pretty good vibes there as well. Are are you able now to claim you the North now? Have you been in Tri-State that long to claim that? Nah, you know, you know, it's, it's, I've I've been here long enough to, to claim it as like a second home, <laughs> and to like somewhere I can always you know lay my head and be comfortable and you know enjoy good good people and family and stuff. But nah, it's only one home, and that's that's forever and through. Definitely, definitely there for sure. Well, we know one thing, Mike. One thing is certain and for sure. When we talk about March. March was made and breeded for basketball. But first, we've got to talk about headlines, things that have been going on right now. Quickly before we start, we'll start off with free agency. And we won't start with what you think about. We're going to start with baseball free agency instead, Mike. Uh, Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. The rich just continue to get continue to get richer. Matt Olson now with the Atlanta Braves on a big monstrous deal. Uh, a lot of things that's been going on in MLB free agency. Not, not sure you've been keeping up with that, Mike. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's um, <laughs> you know, the, the the Braves, the Braves, the Braves have had bad luck in the past, and it seems like it's just it's getting worse for uh, Sebi, uh, when it comes to the signing. But um, you know, the Dodgers always tough. The Dodgers always always been a tough team, and you know, to be able to pick up somebody like this, it it just adds fuel to the fire. Yeah, definitely, man. That their lineup right now, Mike, is is atrocious. It's nasty. Like uh, it's, 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 it's like the Dodgers absurd. always get crazy. The batters like that, that they got. Sometimes you envy a team like that. Like, man, I wish we had money and we could just buy all the best players. That that's that seems like what the Yankees, Dodgers, and Red Sox always do. 
Yeah, high, a high market like this, you know, it gives you the option to attract certain players and things like that, uh, money-wise and just, you know, aesthetically-wise. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great choice. Great choice, great choice there for sure. Mike, I can officially say it. I once said that the NFC West was the hardest division in football, but I, I, I lied. I got to switch. I'm going to stay in the West, but it's officially the AFC West now. In fact, not only is the AFC West the hardest and the best division in football, but also the AFC Conference now is by far going to be the best conference in football. Think about the quarterbacks now that we have in the AFC. Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson. Now Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson comes back. Joe Burrow. Yes, yes, Joe Burrow is still in that conference. Not to mention Josh Allen. It is going to be a gauntlet. If you're a team and you want to make the playoffs and want to be in those seven seeds at the end of the season after 18 weeks, you're going to have to go through a gauntlet of a conference. And that is what the AFC is looking like. And not to mention, looks like Matt Ryan might be going to Indianapolis now with the Colts. It's not official yet, but uh, it seems like that that's his likely um, landing spot. So the AFC conference as a whole, Mike, is going to be a gauntlet. But I want to focus on the AFC West. You know, I, I, we talked about the domino chip last week, how when one team in the division sees something, they're like, uh-oh, okay, we got to find something to neutralize that or to counter that. Okay, so we, we saw that the, the, the Broncos got busy and we saw the Chargers got busy. Well, today... You know, and, and, and yesterday, the Raiders wanted to jump into the ball game and said, OK, well, we're going to reunite Devontae Adams and Derek Carr as college teammates with now Josh McDaniels as our coach. So now when if you're Derek Carr, you have Darren Waller as your tight end, Hunter Renfro on one side in the slot and you've got an all pro on out wide. That is dangerous for a team like that. Not to mention what the. Chiefs did is adding Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike, a guy that you thought is was going to be out of Pittsburgh as well. So the AFC West, man, I mean, <laughs> it, it's going to be must-watch TV. I, every AFC division game this year has to be on national TV, Mike. <laughs> Sebi, we're literally watching a game of chess being played by every team in the AFC West. They're literally throwing jabs and haymakers at each other. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who will prevail once season comes and we get to see the product on the field. But as of right now, as far as offseason moves, money being made, this is a chess, the chess, chess move ever since free agency has started between this division. They've know, they know how strong the division is, especially the paradigm shift with Russell Wilson coming in and what that does as far as the strength of this division as a whole compared to the other uh, teams in the league. But then when you add other pieces, you know, you're starting to get defenders, the Chargers making noise, you know, getting back and then we saw what they did. But the Raiders have made crazy noise all week, you know, getting uh, getting that Devontae Adams, getting a Chandler Jones, you know, mm -hmm. pieces like that. They've just they've just made solid pieces and uh, solid moves and stuff like that. Signing a cornerback like Anthony Everett from the Ravens, stuff like that. Getting a signing Amir Abdullah. The Raiders are making big time noises and, uh, and excuse me, is, is making big time noise right now in the offseason and looking like one they're, they're, they're ready to take that next step. This is going to be a very enjoyable division to watch. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the schedule makers already are, are putting it together and making sure that we see these guys heavily on prime time, whether it's against each other or against other top teams. And, um, you know, get your popcorn ready. This is as far as offensively, defensively, just a t total team aspect. 
these four teams are going to be very fun to watch all season. Absolutely. So, Mike, I, I, I want to ask you here, who, who, who in, in this division where we think that it is the best division in football, at least on paper and on free agency, who, who wins this division? How many teams ultimately can get in out of into the playoffs in this division? Can we see a scenario three teams get in this division and they beat up on each other? Like who who is the, the, the division winner in this? You got Patrick Mahomes. They've won the last five <laughs> division crowns. But you look at Justin Herbert now with you. At the additions of Denver, who, who who say that they're a quarterback away, and then you bring Josh uh, Josh McDaniels to bring weapons now for Derek Carr. So, who 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 do you think will be the division winner? Because to me, Mike, I, I can't pick one. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I think it's I think it's somewhere between the Kansas City Chiefs potentially and the Chargers. I think those two are very tough. Heavy. I think the third. I think is is the 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 race for that third spot. Or second or third spot is going to be so tough because of how, how strong they are. But I, I do believe the Raiders and the Broncos are, are fall in that aspect of fighting for that third spot because I like the Raiders, but I do feel like the the, the Chargers and the Chiefs are both very top heavy, and and the Broncos are nothing to sleep at as well because of the depth that they have on both sides of the ball. But the Raiders, I think they're a year away from really making that big time noise because of how strong this division is. They need a year to get adjusted to. The, the the competitive fervor and the level in this in this division with all the other 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 pieces and then the Raiders will spark because I think Patrick Graham is gonna could potentially be uh, a setback for the for the Raiders at at certain points in time so if I had to choose right now who would win it would be between the Chargers and the Chiefs as my top two teams be fighting for that division all the way all the way down to the to the wire yes and then. And we know that this, the the Chiefs also countered. They made their move to get Juju Smith-Schuster. Although it's on a one-year deal, we'll see if Juju wants to prove it to himself as an elite wideout and then maybe uh, crack on some money next year to break the bank and get a max contract deal next year. If the FC West is the hardest division, Mike, the AFC North isn't far. Now, with the addition of Watson, you've got Lamar, You've got Deshaun and you've got Joe Burrow. So for the reigning AFC champions, that being the Cincinnati Bengals, Mike, their road now back to potentially getting to the Super Bowl only gets even harder. Talk to me how you see the landscape in the AFC North. AFC North is very interesting because the Cincinnati Bengals, although they just came off a Super Bowl uh, uh, um, uh, berth, they, they, uh, they, they are going against they – they, they are still in this tough division, and the division didn't get worse. It got better. <laughs> you know um, – I do feel like the loss to C- of C.J. Uzama going to the Jets is going to hurt them because they could, that's some chemistry that Burrow and uh, Burrow and him were getting throughout the year. And that, that threat over the middle of the field really opened things up for Chase and, and Higgins and those guys on the outside. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what piece they get. However, I do see them making huge strides at trying to get a, a, a legitimate offensive line pieces. They, they've done a good I job saw, on that. I saw, Lyle, I saw that Lyle, Lyle Collins. Went to, went to visit them and really looking at them and stuff like that. So they're they're eyeing some top guys to, to make sure that Burrow has some solid some solidified protection. Then it, then the the it wouldn't really matter who's that tight end for for them right now. So I like Cincinnati, but I also do like Baltimore because Baltimore has picked up some some nice pieces. I like the uh, the addition of a Marcus Williams signing that five year seventy million dollar uh, contract. He's yes. a very yes. solid, Williams very solid. Definitely gonna help him out, Mike. They're yeah. very 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 solid uh, safety. Uh, he, you know, he obviously we know him for the, the 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 play against the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. However, he's a very sound, disciplined safety, and this is a perfect culture for him to thrive. 
and and, and it was a nice you know replacement DB uh, when you lose somebody like an Anthony Everett. So uh, the Ravens are going to be interesting. I do like the additions of Miles Jack to the Steelers on defense, but they have, they haven't shored up anything offensively for me, especially losing Juju Smith-Schuster. And then we have the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson pulling up to the Cleveland Browns, making Cleveland hate. rocks, Mike. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna make noise Offici- officially now. A Brown, that's that's the key for me. I think Deshaun Watson makes this division very interesting. He makes the Brown interesting because of how solid they are on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, we know Deshaun Watson has shown that he we don't he doesn't need a requisite of weapons to be elite. He's elite uh, in his own right and a leader in his own right. So. It's going to be interesting to see Deshaun Watson come out, but I do love the Baltimore Ravens in this division, man. It's something about the consistent culture that they have over there, and and the only thing that stopped them last year were injuries. And if they stay healthy this year with some, with some added nice culture pieces that they have, like Williams, I, I do like the Baltimore Ravens to come out of this division. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. And 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 like the AFC West, this division can claim and say we could have three teams mm. in this, that alone too. Um, there as well, but this is going to be very interesting. Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson to me change everything, Mike. <laughs> the, 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 the plays and the scheme we know Stefanski can coach, but the plays and the schemes that Baker can't throw or can't make, Deshaun can. And this is why the Browns gave up a big price for this three first round picks and two additionals that they still have to figure out which ones they're going to send. So you pay a big price and you got to break the bank on big bucks on a talent like this. But I, I own Mike, the, the Browns, they're going to be good, man. They, they're elite on defense. Sorry with miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, but you, you got Amari Cooper. They still got a very elite offensive line. I still think they have the best, one-two punch run game in the NFL with Kareem Hunt and also Nick Chubb. So I I like this Browns team, man. I I like this Browns team. It's something about a young team like the Bengals coming off fresh off of a Super Bowl, maybe a little hangover, right? I I still think they're going to be very competitive, but I like the Browns. I like what they did, Mike. And and, and this is is a power shift in the AFC. Mm. Yeah, I I like it. It's It's a big time move. He's a transcending generational type of quarterback that can. That can well, like, well, you got to like, put it like this, Mike. I mean, they, they've already got an elite running game, so you, you obviously you, you pick your poison. Are you going to stop the run or are you going to stop Deshaun? I mean, most teams now would say we're going to stop Deshaun, but that elite offensive line that they got with the run game is going to get going, and if that gets open, uh, just because of that, Deshaun is going to cook. So. I don't know, man. I, I like I like the Browns. I like the Browns, man. I like the Browns. What can Brown do for you, Mike? I like the Browns in this. So, so, so he also he also has the effect of, of bringing in free, top free agents as well, or anyone that's left on the market too, because of because of our potent years. You know, they give a chance to win if they find themselves in the right fit. So you're right. The Browns Browns are going to be interesting. I just love uh I just love Baltimore because of how potent they really can be as long as they stay healthy. Injuries really got, got got them bad, and they still were probably the most competitive team in football out of everybody. So uh, give me the Ravens over them. But it, but the, the Browns are definitely going to be in the competition, and Deshaun Watson is nothing to sleaze at. Yeah, definitely there for sure. We'll see what – maybe get some other playmakers for him when Jarvis Landry is released outside of Amari that they have there for them any other key acquisitions Mike that was sneaky that you like any other teams that made some good moves that you like 
Yes, I like I like what the Buffalo Bills did. The Buffalo Bills, yes, already, yes, already yes. potent, already potent roster, already potent. Uh, you know, just um, you know, just this vibe that they have right now. Uh, they adding a player like JD, obviously Von Miller with with a with a six year deal, you know, long term deal and stuff like that coming off a trip. But you're getting a guy like JD McKissick, who's a legitimate threat running as a running back. You know, just coming out the backfield or you know just passing passing the ball real quick on on the quick pass and stuff like that. So. He's a he's a he's he's a floor he's a, a a field spacer and stuff like that. Um, the the Bills the Bills added more fuel to the fire and they already have their core pieces still still there still under contract. This is going to be a scary team. That's uh, the with the, the the smart pieces that they made really stood out to me with you know getting somebody like McKissick and then adding some more like Von Miller who can pair with Ed Oliver and, and guys like that uh, in in the middle. Yeah, agreed, Mike. And this is why, notice we haven't even talked about the NFC. There's no need to talk about the NFC. <laughs> a crazy AFC. This is me, Mike. I talked about all those teams. But the the Buffalo Bills, and it pains me to say this because they're in my team's division. The Buffalo Bills are my favorites to come out of the AFC. I'm not even reasons mad at that. Being, re- reasons being, Mike. You got the AFC West, although Kansas City's still there. They're going to beat up on each other. If Patrick Mahomes thinks he's just going to run the AFC like, like it's nothing because he's the heir apparent, he's, he's got something else coming for him. Because that, you, let alone you got to win your division. That's going to be beaten up out of themselves. And then the AFC North are going to beat themselves up. I think the AFC South is a shell of themselves, and that's why I think the Buffalo Bills and the AFCs are – Gonna be the number one seed in the AFC and also be the team to beat in the uh, uh, to come out the AFC. Mike they didn't lose anything. They just all they did is just added Khalil Mack. I mean, not Khalil Mack. Excuse me. Uh, uh Von Miller. Excuse me. Um, add Von Miller and also add other pieces that they needed at the running back position to complement what Josh Allen does because he's in a bad division. Mike, sad to say. And and because that, you know, Buffalo is not going to have teams beat up after themselves. They're going to get hot early. And I think they're the team to beat in the AFC. I think they this is a legitimate Super Bowl caliber title contending team. 100%. Going through what they went through last year was, yeah. was, was something that was pivotal for their growth and evolution as a team. And adding pieces like Avon Miller. On that on that squad does wonders not only on the field but in that locker room as well in those tight situations you know um, for both sides of the ball so right. the buff I'm not mad at the Buffalo Bills being your favorite as of right now it's still very early but yeah. you know with the roster pieces with their experience with their understanding of the moment and uh, with our understanding of team in the playoffs I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's a bad assumption or, or bad uh, prediction early on in the season. Yeah, and, and and they got no holes, Mike. I mean, point out a hole. They were number one pass defense last year, right? They they brought everybody Jordan Poirier in at safety. They've got great linebackers. They've got an elite corner that they have on, on one end that can just take away and aside from that field. Ed Oliver with Von Miller on the edge. You got the offense with Diggs, Allen. Now you bring. I mean, they're loaded, Mike. I, I this is the team to me to be. It, it, things can change. But to me right now, because they're and to factor in they're in, not going to be in a division where they got to play against tough teams. This is they're going to jump off the schedule early and they're going to get out and going quick. Yeah, big time. 
big time. And it feels like it's, it's about that time for them to take that next step. And this is the year to make it happen, especially with that veteran leadership that they have on the squad now. No doubt, no doubt about it, Mike. They were 13 seconds away from beating Kansas City. There's no doubt to me. If they beat Kansas City, they they the the Bengals have to travel to Buffalo in the cold, right? In the cold to play Josh Allen. I think they go to the Super Bowl. So uh, this is this team is is definitely uh, the team to be my eyes in the AFC. Any last thoughts or anything that we're missing? Yeah, no, it's just free agency friends going crazy so far. I mean, obviously, we talked about the Raiders. They've been the craziest spot, craziest slide. I just want to dispel the illusion that the Raiders did a terrible job uh, as far as, um, you know, or, or that uh, Aaron Rodgers is this, is, this, is, this, is this bad guy for taking the money that he took. And uh, that's the reason that Devontae Adams wanted to get out. Devontae Adams got an even higher contract offer from the Packers than he did from the Raiders. He just decided to go to the Raiders because that was a, life, a lifelong dream for him. Ended up being a huge fan. So, you know, I just wanted to dispel that illusion about Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, him being a selfish player and not taking the pay cut and stuff like that. Devontae Adams could have signed for more money in Green Bay. Just, you know, chose not to because he wanted to, he wanted to live his dream and write his own narrative. Yeah, definitely, definitely there for sure. That's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> well, when we come back, Mike, we know what March is all about. We'll dig deep into March Madness, talk about some of the upsets that we've seen already, and, of course, looking into your thoughts heading into 16 and Final Four. The same podcast radio show live and streaming on WNC Studios here on our setback ratio show. March, Mike, March, March Madness has been going crazy right now. Talk about some of the upsets that we mean. Richmond over Iowa, a Richmond team that you know a lot from covering your days in the A10, Mike. Uh, I know you was pretty proud about that. Kentucky, nobody's seen that. I don't care what nobody says, Mike. If you say you got a perfect bracket, you lying straight to receive. <laughs> nobody had St. Peter's beating Kentucky. I got Kentucky in my final four in the title game. So, you know, my bracket more than busted. It's burned at this point. Uh, but talk to us about some major upsets that we've seen so far right now in March Madness, Mike. Well, you see, though, the top two. And I have, I'd have to give you some drawback on that one. I can't really say nobody saw the St. Peter's uh, Kentucky upset. It was a lot of – you got The Peacocks, man. Saint like, Peter's Kentucky going to lead to a Peacock? Come on, now. You got to understand, St. Peter's is up here in, in, in Jersey, in Jersey City. So, so there's <laughs> a lot of people up here in this area that were, you know, picked them to win, put them on their bike, and then they were going crazy. It was like a party out here in, 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 in the Jersey spot when St. Peter's won. But uh, that, that was that was probably one of the biggest one of the biggest upsets, along with the Richmond one. You know, I'm just happy for Grant Golden, someone who's been there for a while, and for him to still be pushing and, uh, you know, have, you know, the requisite help. Uh, on this team in order to get a big win like that against Iowa, that's, that's good to have on his resume and things like that. So I was happy, I was happy for him, him, him being able to get that. Um, but St. Peter's was the biggest one. I mean, that was that was the bomb burner. That was the the one on the head. Arkansas very tough and, and really pushed them to the wire. And, and that looked like that could be one of the potential upsets. 
along with Akron and UCLA, but Tiger, Tiger Campbell in those last couple couple shots, he, he was having none of it. So, uh, you know, it was a couple almost upsets, but the only ones that were pretty yesterday was, was the St. Petersburg and the Richmond one. Yeah, definitely, definitely there for sure. I agree with you, Mike. Uh, uh, also, other big upsets, New Mexico State, the Aggies. Talk about this kid, Teddy Allen, Mike. He put on a show. He absolutely put on a show against UConn in uh, a Big East team. 37 big ones, 13 for 13 at the foul line. It's something I really love, Mike, because we know March Madness is all about guard play, and then you got to be able to make your free throws when games are close. The Aggies, they, they, they showed me something. And this, this Teddy Allen kid saying that after the press conference, he said, we're here to play. And if we're going to get out, you're going to have to take us out. And I like that, that spirit of you know, a guy like that. Yeah, those 12-5 matchups are always interesting. And New Mexico State proved it again once yesterday. When you have someone who scores more, uh, half your points and just dominates from the way that Teddy Allen did, it was uh, you gave yourself a great chance against top teams in the tournament. And uh, hats off to New Mexico State for moving on. Yeah, definitely there for sure. I want to talk to you about some teams that really impressed you. North Carolina impressed me, Mike. Yeah. I don't know who they're playing next. I think Baylor, they're playing one, a one seed. I can't remember who it is in their region, but they've got their hands full because North Carolina is playing as good as anybody in the country right now, and they really put it on Marquette, uh, a Marquette team that is good, but North Carolina just imposed their will. They, they were very impressed to me, and I'm not going to lie, Mike. St. Mary's, we always talk about the WAC conference, the West Coast conference that Gonzaga's in, right? But St. Mary's really, really, really impressed me as well, uh, uh, there as well. So uh, those were two teams um, <clears throat> that really impressed me. And then the last one, we don't get no moral victories. If you lose, you lose. But the fight that San Francisco did against Murray State in overtime yeah. yesterday, this kid, that they got, my man, uh, uh, you talking about Jamari Bouye, 36 big ones. Um, he, he, you know, there's no more victories, but San Francisco, they, they were hell, hell of a come out debut for them when their first NCAA bid tournament. But those three teams, very, very impressed by them, Mike. Yeah, big time, especially UNC. UNC tops it all for me. I was thoroughly impressed with them because they continued. The, I wanted to know. The the how the play that they had at the end of the regular season and at the end of the conference uh, uh tournament, I wanted to know if they can continue that streak. Even though they lost to Virginia Tech in the uh in the ACC to, uh, to a tournament, I wanted to know if they could if they can continue that fight and continue that competitive fervor that they had by beating Duke on the road and stuff like that. And being and and, and I saw it, I saw it, and then some, and I just saw uh confidence in the offense, confidence in how fluid their game was. And they put the pressure on Marquette early to make shots. And once they got up big, it was it was almost over. And they continue to play like that, getting scoring from the guard positions like Love, Black, but the, but then also being able to dominate down low and get get some points from Manic and ba and Baycott. This UNC team, don't be surprised if UNC can get to the Final Four. Yes, definitely there for sure. They're playing that good as well as St. Mary's and San Francisco's kid Jamari. By the way, San Francisco's head coach Todd Golden, Mike. Is is in talks with to be the next Florida Gators head coach. So that's 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 huge, huge things in the landscape of college basketball. It's Friday's matchup. Any team that stood out to you as well? We only had one upset. Notre Dame. They carried the momentum yeah. that they had in that double overtime uh, win um, just to get in the tournament, and they they really really put it on them. An impressive performance by uh, Mike Brace team 
and the Irish moving on over Alabama. That was our lone upset today, but some teams that really, really uh, showed out. Texas Tech showed out defensively. We know what they are, but when they're hitting and they score 97 points, they might as well win the title. <laughs> they, they'll never they'll never score 97 points like that. You know, they're an elite defensive team. Purdue as well. Um, Zach Eady and, and Travion, what they do inside, but they've got a guy in Jaden Ivy who's a lottery pick. Um, so when you complement their size that you got to deal with inside and then a guy that is a bucket getter, Purdue's an interesting team that can't be ignored. Those, those, I would say those three teams caught my eye today. Definitely, and uh, Villanova caught my eye as well. I was impressed with the team effort that they had against Delaware. You know, just a total aspect. Uh, Justin Moore, he was on point, uh, scoring 21 points as the half-point man, but uh, it was just a total team effort uh, today, and, uh, you know, they'll have more more games like that, more collective wins like that as the tournament goes on. But you're right, uh, Sebi, as far as the team that UNC plays tomorrow, UNC versus Baylor. Man, yep. it's gonna be a ball. It's gonna be a, a dog fight. It's gonna be a yeah. great ball game. I'm looking forward to that game. But uh, Villanova really impressed me today. Yeah, definitely for sure. And if I'm a betting man, I don't know what the points are in that line, that Baylor UNC line. But I know I'm not taking the points with Baylor. I can yeah, tell no. you that. Much. This UNC, I think they are in real jeopardy, Mike, of an upset. Like the, that UNC team, they they are clicking in all cylinders. This got this Baycott kid and some other guys. They 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 they're clicking on all cylinders there as well um as it stands right now chattanooga up seven against illinois a 13-4 matchup right now uh with 13 minutes to go so that might be another upset breeding and is, is there any other ones that we can see tonight maybe an upset uab in houston jelly he said he said that <laughs> this jelly guy for uab said we ain't scared of nobody so Maybe the Houston Cougars, who were a Final Four team last year, got their work cut out for them. Can we see any upsets again tonight, Mike? So if you watch out for Colgate versus Wisconsin, Colgate can shoot threes. And because really? they can shoot threes, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to get it done against a Wisconsin team who likes to defer to defense, their, their defensive prowess, to win big-time games. So watch out for Colgate tonight. Mm, I don't want to hear that. I had Wisconsin in the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, Sebi, everybody's back is messed up at this point. Come on, Wisconsin, you can't do that, man. Y'all really going to lose to a toothpaste? Come on, Colgate. Y'all <laughs> can't. Hey, I, I need my boy Jordan Davis to come and show up, Mike. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, they do shoot a lot of threes. I'll give them that. But Jordan Davis, who, who's a 25-plus scorer, he's a bucket getter. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it will be close, but I think Wisconsin will pull away. Mine is you look out for UAB, man. This jelly kid from Conference USA, the Conference USA champions, uh, UAB against Houston. We know Houston's an elite defensive team, but when you you can't you can't count out Hart, Mike. Whatever talent you have, Hart trumps any talent or any skill. And they got the heart of a lion. They said that they ain't scared of nobody. When you got a leader saying that, that 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 trickles down to every player on the team. So that's scary to me. So I I, I say that to watch out for that. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I like this Davidson versus Michigan Michigan State game. Yeah, I've heard that, that is a sneaky one too because Davidson can shoot it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that's gonna be a fun game to watch. We know how how tough Michigan State is during these times. And I think TCU versus Seton Hall is gonna be a sneaky, very competitive basketball. Seton Hall has been very good this year. Very tough. And uh, that has the makings of, of potentially going to overtime and being like a thriller or really going down to the wire. So look out for that game, too. I agree. 
I agree. I agree there as well. TCU is going to be a good one. I know that's something you don't want to hear, Mike. Michigan State is, is in your final four. So Davidson come and crack that. That, that messes up everything. And they're the best shooting team in the tournament. So uh, I, I know for, for a, a guy that covers the A-10, that would make you happy for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. You know, and the first, the first game of the season is always – the first game of the tournament is always the most opportunistic game to get to them. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Definitely, definitely there for sure as we climb our way to the road to the Final Four this year, which would be in <clears throat> New Orleans – there is as well. Um, a- any team right now that you think that is a dark horse that can make a final four run, maybe a, 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 a double digit seed, a double digit seed that you see, Mike, that if, if all things get right, they can make a final four run. If all things get right, they can make a final four run. Out of those, I can look at a team like Notre Dame and say that as far as double digit teams, I would mm-hmm. say a, a team like Notre Dame makes the most sense out of the few that are, the few that are left because of the quality of competition that they beat. New Mexico State makes sense to some degree, uh, but if I had to go between those two, I would probably lean towards towards um, Notre uh, Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. yeah, Notre Dame. Yes, they they were very very impressive today. Don't look now. The Illinois Fighting Illini. They're on a thirteen one run. They've cut the lead to one right now. So. Uh, we'll see how that ends up in a bar burner um, there for sure. I haven't looked at the women's bracket, Mike. I haven't. I, I have. defer to you. I, I, I'll defer that to you. I sure what, have. What, do, what do you like? Man, I'm telling you, what do you like? South Carolina. <laughs> I tell you, they made history today, Sebby. Sebby, <laughs> Sebby they, had, they had Howard. They had our Howard ladies down in D.C. They had our Howard ladies down 44, 44 to 4, to four. Yep. at halftime. Yeah. 44 to 4 at halftime. I mean, yeah. that was a message being yeah. sent there. And so they only finished with 21 points for the game. Yeah. So they only had 17 in the second half. You know, yeah. so it, it, I was impressed with South Carolina. I do I I'm thoroughly impressed with, you know, obviously you got the, the top heavy teams like South Carolina, Stanford, UConn, teams like that. I I'm really impressed. I, I'm really thoroughly impressed to see what Iowa does, what Caitlin Clark does on this stage. Uh yes. it's gonna be it's gonna be impressive. It's gonna be impressive to watch. <laughs> but I do believe there's only one team in the NCAA women's that can beat UConn, and that's Stanford. If Stanford doesn't get them, I don't see another team that can beat UConn in this tournament. They're, just, they're too locked in, too loaded, too too motivated coming off last year. I just don't see it. But you, you think it's Aaliyah Boston and, and, and the Gamecocks here to lose? Yes. They're, 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 yeah, South Carolina is that good. They're, they're, in, they're in the mix as well. The problem I have with South Carolina is they get in their own head and they play. They sometimes play down to their competition. And I wonder if they're going to be sharp enough against a team like UConn. You know, what I'm saying a team like Stanford, stuff like that. I feel like UConn and Stanford are, are a class of their own. South Carolina is in the tier right below them, but in the mix, in the mix when they're playing at their best. Definitely, definitely there for sure. I, hey, like I said, I defer the women's game to you. Although this Caitlin Clark girl, she's she catching my eye. Do you know well, what seat are they are? What region are they in, Mike? All right, Iowa's two seed right now. They had a big win. Yeah, big win against Illinois State today. So now since they won that game, they got to play. They have to play against Creighton on Sunday. And Creighton Creighton is the number 10 seed, so we'll see. Yep, definitely for sure. Caitlin had 27 and 10. So, yeah, Yeah. she's she's one of the stars. Yeah, she could stroke it, Michael. Like I was saying, I don't want to offend any woman listening to this, but (laughs) she could really shoot that ball. Yeah, she sure can. So she's going to be. Uh, 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 interesting to watch 
there is well. When we come back, Mike, it's your time to shine. It's your closing arguments. This and much, much more inside the studios of WNSC, the Stevie Podcast Radio Show. Only heard here. And we're back here on our third and final segment here today. Mike's closing arguments. Take it away. Yes, I mean, in honor of March Madness and, and the, the great college basketball that we have going on, I wanted to make this argument today, this perspective about about college basketball and about the mm, the understanding of what an upset truly is nowadays when we look at bracket busters and what have you. I have a proposal for you, Sebi. To me, I feel like in 10 years – we're not going to look at top-seeded teams beating lower-seeded teams as upsets anymore. And it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's not, it's not going to look as an upset anymore because competitive balance is going to look so sharp over the last next 10 years as far as, you know, all over the Division One to D1AA to some Division Two teams and stuff like that. It's going to look so sharp that in 10 years, it's not going to be a shock that a 15-seed will beat a two-seed or potentially a 16 seed be the one seed. But you know what's going to be the biggest paradigm shift in making that happen, Sebi? It's going to take, take potentially a Final Four or an Elite Eight participant uh, um, select section of double-digit of double digit to somewhere between eight to 16, eight double-digit teams. Or four, or you know what I'm saying, Final Four being potentially four Double-digit teams in the Final Four, or really high seeds, with someone like seven, eight, or nine, or something like that, considering going to the Final Four. And if that ever happens within the next ten years, that'll start a shift of us not looking at a top seeds beating the lower seeds as real upsets. Because the close, the more, the, the more time goes on, the more we're starting to see these uh, brackets being busted in the first day, the second day. And it gets to a point now where it's like, you know what? The competitive balance is much better, much better and much deeper than we thought. Mm. Indeed so. Things to really, really consider and think about. I, I, I really actually uh, believe that, Mike. You know, if we were to get at least, you know, maybe five or six upsets in the Street 16 or in the Elite Eight and maybe like two or three uh, um, double digit or lower seeds in the final four, I could see that happen. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. But it has to be at least two to three yep. of those in that final four in years to come there for sure. Yeah, I see that I see that as a possibility. It's gonna it's gonna be a, like baby steps. It's not gonna, you know, come come quick. It's gonna take some time and uh, it's gonna take a couple teams, a couple Cinderellas down the stretch to to make some noise and potentially go against each other. And that then that that can be a story that we may not have you may not have seen before. Definitely, definitely there for sure. No doubt about it. For myself, Mike, uh, so long for this weekend. And for those viewers and listeners listening in today, we want to see if you guys enjoy March Madness. 
I know you're enjoying it up there in the tri-state area, Mike. I I I heard that summer's coming soon. You about to get some good weather soon, Mike. Oh, so oh, that's things to come. Oh, Sebi, oh, Sebi, oh, Sebi, make no mistake about it. Today was the hottest day I've seen all year. We was in the 75, we had 75 degree weather today. It was beautiful. <laughs> we we making pro we making huge progress. Man, best believe. It was a beautiful day outside in the sun. Definitely, definitely, that's for sure. That wraps up our show, our 10th episode of season four here. Myself and Michael Gray, so long to you guys until next time. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our itunes and spotify and remember you can stay locked in here and connected sebipodcast.info link for the latest news articles interviews and much more and remember wherever you're listening on air or online the sebi podcast is wherever you go